prompted me to another little testimony um, about prospering. That's one of the areas that I love to talk about, but most people don't want to hear it, so I don't talk about it. (laughs) But I learned when I went through my first Bible study about tithing, and I began right then, and it changed my life. And I know that it will for whomever God sees is operating in the faith, believing the Word of God, knowing that the Word of God is true, and it will always be true. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now and take over this service. Marilyn, you set yourself aside and let the Holy Spirit flow through you. And I ask you, Lord, to open the ears of those to hear what the Spirit is saying. Open our hearts to be receptive in our minds. And Father, let each and every person come to a place in you where they will walk this faith out that I'm going to talk about tonight. Walking in the faith of God. Some people think because I only give part of my testimony that my testimony began in 97, <laughs> but it didn't begin in 97. It's just in 97 is when I was blessed with an outpouring of the anointing of God that made me uh, change from an individual who knew of God and had studied the Word and had been in Bible studies and heard the Word of God being preached But it just never seemed to get those aha moments to where I truly understood until July 97. So this afternoon when I was looking at a couple of things, I thought, how long did it take me? And I I realized it took me from the time I surrendered my life. I had given my life to the Lord when I was a child. But I didn't surrender my life to the Lord until I was 40. So come 12 years later is when I received this outpouring of the Lord. That was after discipleship classes, going through discipleship classes at other churches, and going through nine years of Bible study, and going through... uh, classes and conferences and trying to learn of the things of God that were just so uh, wonderful to me because I was one of those people that when I read the Word, I was old enough and uneducated enough in church to where I could actually receive it because I had never sat under teachings like God taught me sitting at my table in my home and the Holy Spirit teaching me. So all the classes and and all the things that I did was just setting me up for later. And everyone has to come to a place in their life where they decide it's time to quit, like we're saying here, playing church and become the church or uh, get into the Word of God. And everyone who, who knows me, I'm a broken record. Uh, No word, no power, no... You can't live without the Word. And if you try, you'll never succeed. 
because it's walking in the faith of God that you need every day. I'm going to start off with uh, Proverbs 30, verse 5, as really my beginning of the message tonight. And it says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. If you need a shield, it's in walking in the faith of God. And we cannot live this life without walking in that faith. But some people are still not sold out that God's Word is true. They still don't really believe it or they don't trust it because they're, they're looking at God as a, as a human instead of a supernatural God who can do anything and everything. And I've seen it happen in my life. And so I can believe the Word. And it says in, um, in the Passion Bible... If you go to Proverbs 30, verse 5, it says, Every promise from the faithful, excuse me, a pure heart is filled with God's word. Every promise from the faithful God is pure and proves to be true. It proves to be true. It's not a maybe. It's not something that someone's going to tell you a story that's not true. It's a true story about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. And he is a wraparound shield of protection for all his lovers who run to hide in him. We've got to become a lover of Christ, a lover of letting the Holy Spirit consume you and take over your life and learning to yield to him so that he can do in you what he sent you to earth to do for him. You know, God has a purpose and assignment for everyone that's on earth. And I remember one time re, uh, writing in a, in a, um, a wrecker with my car. And I asked the wrecker driver about halfway to Houston. I said, by the way, I said, um, um, what did God send you to earth to do for him? And he said, well, I don't know. And I, he said, I never thought about it. And I said, well, you know, we're all here for a reason. And that opened up the door of communication, which by the time I got to my house and he parked the car under the carport and I sat down and talked with him, he received Christ that day. You just never know what God's going to do in, the, in, the, in a second of time, just giving you a word because you're yielded to the Holy Spirit. You've surrendered to him. You're allowing him to use you. And you're allowing God to uh, fix the things in your life that need fixing. And until you learn to surrender your life to him, you're really never going to get there. But he wants you to get there. And so I'm going to stay at that one more time. Because he wants you to get there. He wants everyone to be there. And so I'm not going to place that on anyone that you'll never get there. Because... You may be delayed for a while, but he's going to get you there because he does have a plan for your life. He says in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, <laughs> give you a future and a hope. And he does. And he's going to see to it that his plans are met. He says in, um, and this is really part of my story, in Luke seven fifty, he was talking to the sinful woman about forgiveness. And he said, your faith 
has saved you. Go in peace. Know this, the faith of God in you, when you received him, you are saved. Maybe your flesh isn't saved yet. Maybe you're still walking in the flesh and you haven't surrendered your flesh to the Lord yet. That's a step you've got to make. You've got to determine in your heart and get steadfast in your in your knowing, in your knower, that you're going to reap the benefits of walking with God by faith in every area of your life and not neglect anything, but let the Holy Spirit convict you of the areas of your life that still need tending to because he loves to tell you. And when he tells you, it's in love. And when it's in love, you always receive it. But he's not there condemning you. But he'll tell me sometimes, mm, Marilyn, you shouldn't have said that. And I said, oh, I know. I said, forgive me, Lord. And then if I need to go make it right, go make it right. But God wants us to walk our, out our faith, trusting him always, and knowing that it doesn't matter how many years you walked in sin. When you surrender your life and you, you make a steadfast decision, from this day forward, I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to surrender my life to him and I want the Holy Spirit to take control, and I surrender all to Him, that's when you're going to see a, a flip in your life, and it's, everything's going to start opening up to you in a new realm. Just like Paul and Silas, when, when they were in the prison, and all of a sudden the, the earth shook and the, and the doors opened, and Paul and Silas didn't leave. And the jailer came over to find out, well, why aren't you leaving? This is your opportunity to get out of jail. The doors are open. And the, he knew that God wanted him to stay there and witness to this man, the jailer. So Paul and Silas didn't leave when the uh, doors were opened by this earthquake. And the jailer said, well, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your family. Now, how can he say you and your family? Because once you're saved, you can't be quiet. You've got to tell everyone you come in contact with about the joy that you have and where you got it. You want everyone to be filled with joy and happiness. You don't want anyone to be left behind. And I know that every time I hear somebody um, saying something on TV that I don't like, I know it's the opportunity for me to operate in faith and pray for that person right then because they're lost. doesn't matter how I feel about them because feelings will interfere with your faith. Don't ever let your feelings override your faith. Walk in a steadfast knowledge of knowing that you're going to walk in your faith with God. You know, it was really funny. I, I looked at my message the last time <clears throat> in May, and it was walking in the kingdom of God. Well, God told me about ten days later, I was sitting here at a Wednesday night service. The pastor was sitting over here. And he got up and he was saying something. And then the Lord spoke to me right then, and he said the next message is walking in the faith of God. You may not have the faith in God that you need, but you can have the faith of God for anything and everything that you're having a hard time believing. He is faithful. He'll always come through with his word. So if you're having a problem believing it for yourself, take the and walk out the faith of God. Because God is yes and amen. He's always going to be there. He's always going to be the one.
to turn the situation around for your good. And whatever you go through will have an outcome later that you'll look back and see it differently. And you may not see it for a year or two or maybe ten years. But you always will come to a place and look back and say, you know, it was good that I was afflicted by the Lord. Because if I hadn't have been, I wouldn't have found what I was really looking for. And that is looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> My love was in Jesus. And that was the only place I was going to find it. That was the only place I was going to find it. Um, in Ephesians 2.8, For grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Why would anyone not want the gift? And for those that are out there listening over the Internet, I, I want to tell you, this gift of God, you can't find it anywhere but right in your heart. When you determine in your heart, you want to know this God. You want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You want the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to transform you and give you this life that you see some other people have that you want you will find exactly what you're looking for because he'll shower you with his love and his affection and his change in your heart that will transcend all your understanding. It goes on in verse 10 and it says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before, beforehand, that we should walk in them. So if he says we're to walk in them, then why aren't we walking in the faith of God? We've got to walk in it. He says, he says he prepared it all for you beforehand, before the foundation of the world. He, he took care of all this. And it says in Romans 1:17 that the just shall live by faith. Because you are justified, and you're justified because of your faith in Jesus Christ, you're not justified because of yourself. And because of that, you are just. And therefore, it says, the just shall live by faith. It doesn't say you should. It says you shall. So walk in that faith that God has given you. He's given each one a measure of faith. He says in uh, Romans 12, 3, uh, it, and I'll paraphrase here, through the grace given to me, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Everyone got a measure of faith. When you were born, he gave you a measure of faith. Now, some people, their faith is pretty slim to none because they've never exercised it. If you don't exercise it, it's just going to uh, fall by the wayside. It's not going to do too much. And um, I use this little example a lot <laughs> uh, when I'm teaching because it seems like this is... <clears throat> So much for the uh, human eye to see that no one can understand sometimes. But this little mustard seed right here, it's so tiny, I can't even hold it between my fingers to where you can see it. It's that little. I've already dropped one, and here's the second one. Here's the mustard seed. And it says in Luke 17, 5 and 6, <clears throat> the disciples said, increase our faith. And this is what you want to do. You want to increase your faith. You want to increase your faith. And I don't know that I can read <laughs> what's on the wall there, but I do know the scripture from, from my heart. And if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, 
You shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast in the sea, if you doubt not in your heart that all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with me, saith the Lord. He wants you to know, this is all the faith you need. So, if this is all you need, then you need to increase your faith. And you're only going to increase it when you believe in it. You've got to believe in the power of God is right here within you. And every time I gave these out at the prisons when I used to minister there, the inmates would take them and they'd throw them in their mouth and swallow them. (laughs) They wanted that measure of faith inside them. And I said, you already got it. You've already got it. But it will never grow into a tree of righteousness until you feed it the Word of God. You feed your body, you feed your soul. You need to feed your soul, which is where your faith is. You've got to feed it the Word of God for it to grow and grow and grow. I didn't start out knowing the Word of God. It took years. It took years of, of reading and, and knowing that God was with me to help me all the way. And I started off reading the red letters because I knew that the red letters was Jesus talking. And I knew if he was talking, I could believe him. (laughs) I was one of those little doubters, you know, because I wanted to be sure if I was going to learn the Word and I was going to learn what God had to say in the Bible, I wanted to come straight from him. At that time, see, I didn't know that all the Scripture was the inspired Word of God. There's a lot you don't know that you think you know, but you don't know it until you find out the truth. And then once you find out the truth, then you realize, you know, hey, you just didn't know everything. (laughs) But you never get there until you exercise growing in the Word of God and staying in it, staying in it. I can't go two or three days or I start feeling like I'm getting dried up and I, I feel out of balance. I feel this way or that way. And I don't walk by faith and by feelings, but by faith in God. The Holy Spirit in me will remind me that I hadn't been in the Word. And I, oh, get me out of bed early. <laughs> then I don't always get up. <laughs> and now that I hadn't been showing up to six o'clock prayer, it's gotten worse. <laughs> I will get back one of these days. <laughs> I love the Lord. I, I can't uh, talk about Him without rejoicing all the time because I have such joy from the Holy Spirit in me that it permeates throughout my being. And I have had to learn to calm it down in the church because everybody doesn't like it when you're um, a certain way. You're too loud or boisterous. And and I know that I could be very loud and boisterous, but I love to tell everybody everything about the Lord I can. And I love to make people smile. And so my personality is to make you smile and and to help you along this pathway. Uh, I never had anyone to help me along my pathway. And so that was, I guess, why God called me into the position that he has for me. He says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I walk by faith and not by sight. I do not have to see something to believe it. But I can tell you there's a lot of my friends, bless their hearts, they got to see that report from the doctor that says something different before they can believe it. And it's like, ah, help me, Lord. Help me, help me, help me. And I, I want to 
throw in this little testimony about that story right there. I walk by faith and not by sight. The day I got <clears throat> laid off my job in June, on June 30th, 2003, um, <clears throat> I um, was in my car getting up on the freeway, driving to the doctor's office because I had an appointment set for 1 o'clock and I got laid off at noon and I said, I got to get to the doctor. So when I was getting up on the freeway, I said, I started singing this song. I walk by faith each step by faith. <laughs> and I started singing that song all the way to the doctor's office. By the time I got there, I was revved up. I was. And I walked in, they took my blood pressure, and it was off the chart. And the doctor said, what's the matter with you? Why, why is your blood pressure so high? And I said, because I just got laid off my job. <laughs> and I'm not going to have any insurance as of midnight tonight. And he said, you don't worry about a thing. I'll take care of you. You don't worry about a thing. I'll take care of you. God already had it set in motion. He was going to take care of me, whatever I needed. Do you know what that did to my faith that very moment? It's like, wow, Lord, you're going to take care of me. And it's just every, everything that I thought would ever be a burden, God took care of. I didn't have to worry about nothing. All I had to do is believe in the power of his word and trust him. And learning to trust God was hard uh, in a roundabout way because I never had anyone in my life I really could trust. So I had no example of a trust in a person. And all I knew is people would lie to you and cheat you and everything else. And before you know it, uh, you would be pessimistic and not want to trust anybody about anything. So if I don't talk, maybe it's I can't trust, you know, if I might say something wrong. And I don't want to say something wrong because I can be flamboyant sometimes and throw something out there and it offends someone. And it's like, oh, man, I didn't mean to do that. But sometimes my mouth gets in my way. So if it does, I say this. Please forgive me if I offend you. Please forgive me. I don't mean it. So if I've offended you, hear me. <laughs> and you out there too. <laughs> because I never want to offend anyone. But that's, that song of walking by faith set in motion that day, what God started doing that day, and I just didn't realize it. He told me about 30 days before the layoff that I was going to be included in the next layoff. And I said, okay. And by that time, it was like, well, easy come, easy go. You know, you get a job. And back in the 80s and 90s, it got pretty bad about uh, companies folding and because everything was going wrong in the mortgage business that I was in for 40 years <laughs> and um, in the banking industry and in the oil industry. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was against you as an individual. You knew you were just a number and it was time for you to go. And I'd stay home until it was time for, I felt like I had to go back to work. And then I'd say, well, Lord, I need to find a job. And I'd make a phone call and I'd have a job because everybody knew me in Houston in the mortgage industry. I, I know you're in the mortgage industry. So <laughs> back in those days, I was, I was known. So I could get a job in just a moment. One phone call and I'd have a job. And I praise God for that. But walking out this faith 
the faith of God is knowing that every need that you have, he's going to take care of. Now, I want to tell you, when, when he called me off my job in 2003, I, this scripture I had to learn was my scripture. And it comes out of 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. And I say it like this. You will be hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. And I know that it's hard to walk your faith out, walk in your faith every day as a Christian. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be laughed at. You're going to be made fun of. You're going to, people are going to say all kinds of things, but they don't know the truth. Once they find out what the truth is, the truth will set them free. <laughs> and then they'll start getting the same persecution. They'll realize, oh, yeah, because it's not easy being a minister because the world wants to tear you down, you know. But, my God, they can tear me down all they want to. I didn't take any hits like Jesus did on the cross. And because of what he did for me, why should I be upset? Why should I be mad at people that don't know the truth yet? They're lost and they don't know. All these people out in the world right now that are looking for love in all the wrong places, and they're getting nothing, no hope whatsoever. And uh, speaking of hope, that reminds me of the word I got Sunday morning, which I do want to uh, give you. Um, I got it when we were sitting here, and for some reason it, it got left out Sunday. But the word was um, that we're entering into a season to release a compassion and a love, but a boldness to the world out there that's lost and hurting because they have no hope. And the Lord says it's a season that we're entering into right now where the body of Christ has got to rise up with such compassion in your heart that those that are out there that are looking for a reason to live, because so many people are suicidal today. So many people have given up hope. So many people don't know where their next meal is coming from. And in all of that, if we cannot love them and show compassion to them in a manner that will help them, we can't beat up the children that don't know God, just like we shouldn't beat up the children that are of God. And there's people in the church that, well-meaning people, they accidentally hurt the body of Christ, the children of God, by the things that they say. And because of that, uh, I know that God wants us to walk it out. We must release our compassion on this, on this uh, lost and hurting world. And many are looking for the hope to hold on to, and we have that hope, which can only be found in Jesus. And so this is a season that we've entered into, and um, it can be scary at times because of everything that we know is going on, but God is able to take care of everything for us. So we just have to hold on to our faith, and uh, we have to trust the Lord. And I want to say trust. I learned this the other day, and I looked it up in scriptures, and I studied it, and, and I saw it was very, very true. Um, trust is worshiping God. When you can worship Yahweh, 
Jehovah Jireh. When you can, you can worship him because of who he is and what he's done for you. And even if he didn't do anything else for you the rest of your life, he's already done the most wonderful thing he could do to save your soul from going to hell. <laughs> and you're going to be heaven bound one of these days. But we've got to <clears throat> let our faith hold on to it real tight and worship the Lord, trust in Him and everything, and then learn the warfare of rest. It is warfare to rest in the Lord. And that comes out of uh, Hebrews 4, 2, and 6, 9, and 10. And um, resting in the Lord is you don't have to fight your battles for yourself. You go to God with them. Uh, sometimes I want to go to someone and talk to them about my issues, and the Lord won't let me. And I, if I try to, and I try to get an appointment to see somebody, or something, it'll always get canceled, or it'll always get interfered with for some reason, because God doesn't want me going to other people. He wants me coming to Him. And there's just something about that, because I've heard pastors get up here and say something that I've just been crying out to the Lord about during the week. <laughs> and I said, oh God, you're answering it. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I can get hurt and wounded just like the next person. But I can cry out to the Lord and he hears my cry. And because he hears my cry, I have faith to know he's going to turn the situation around. I'm not going to have to worry about it forever. It's only temporary. And if I can't walk my faith out knowing that God is going to take care of this, and we just we have to get to that place. Um, it says in um, John 6:29, "This is the work of God that you believe in Him who He sent." It is a work to believe in God when you can't see something, but it's a work of rest in Him, knowing. He's going to take care of every situation, whatever it is. You'll never lack. You'll never lack. Uh, when your faith is in the trial, uh, turn to trusting the Lord that when you rest and it comes, that is your warfare, knowing don't lose your faith. It's only temporary. Everything on this earth is temporary. The only thing that's not temporary is heaven. And that's going to be for all eternity. So remember, whatever you're going through, it's only temporary. It's not going to be here forever. We're all tired of the pandemic. We're all tired of <clears throat> the way things have gotten. So in my house, we don't even discuss it. We don't talk about it because it's a resting place. And so I rest in my home, and I don't go there. Uh, this is something um, I wrote. And I found it today, and I thought, I think I'm going to throw this in. It takes work to stand in the midst uh, of things and to continue to refuse to accept what they say. Who are they? Who are they? Who's trying to convince you to change your mind? <clears throat> when you know something, stand on what you believe. Don't waver in your faith. You talk it, walk it, believe it, and receive it. 
Every promise of God is yes and amen for the believer. Now, if they're not a believer, I'll never convince them that they can have all this stuff. Because until God enlightens them, they're not going to believe it. But it doesn't mean we quit trying. We've got to keep trying. The next word is something, trusting the Lord. If, if you're walking at your faith, are you trusting him? And, uh, you know, we all know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. But do you really trust the Lord? Do you really, really trust him? Some people have never learned to trust him yet. And that breaks my heart, but I understand it, because I was there. I remember back in the early 80s, before I got enlightened to the truth. I heard a preacher on TV pointing his finger at me. And he said, God is not your mother telling you how bad you are. And I said, that's right. He's not. Boy, was that an eye-opener. God is not telling you how bad you are. He's telling you how much he loves you. (laughs) And he's always telling you that. And that's why you can believe him and you can trust him. (laughs) <laughs> and are you trusting with all your heart? And if you're not, well, why not? Why not start, start stopping your worrying? I said this to somebody one day at my house. I said, uh, oh, here it is. Make a decision, not doubting, not needing to know how God is going to do it. That's God's business, not yours. Rest knowing that which you have committed to God is committed. And that is, that is so true. God is in the business of fixing things. And maybe he's got to fix five things before you're going to see what it is you've been praying for. Or maybe he's got to come back to you afterwards and let you know, hmm, my will was for this. <laughs> and sometimes we don't always understand what the will of God is for a situation. So when I don't know, just like I didn't know about Anne with her condition, uh, I don't know what the side effects of these medications are. So I don't know how to pray for her other than a normal prayer and praying in the Spirit. Because um, I I heard something also uh, the other day about the miracles, and, uh, and I thought to myself, that is so true. Are you asking for a healing? When you need a miracle. If you have a bad heart, you need a miracle. You don't need a healing. You need a miracle. If you got bad kidneys, you need a miracle. You need some new kidneys. And if, if there's something wrong in your mind, your brain, you need a miracle to fix that. So are we asking for a healing when we should be asking for a miracle? Are we asking for the wrong thing? So maybe we need to fine-tune the way we're praying about somebody or something that is even going on with us. And I never really thought about that. I, ne- I never gave it a second thought. Uh, which one am I praying for? I, I never thought about it. Sometimes the, the Word of God is uh, so protective over us that he'll help us in areas that, that we just don't know. He'll direct your path and do not be wise in your own eyes. Let the faith of God 
continue to carry you each day and keep you going. Um, if you're worried about something, have you asked God about it? He says you have not because you ask not. He says that in 1 John 5.15 where he talks about you haven't asked or you asked amiss. Are you asking for your situation to be covered the way you want it? He says in Matthew 7, 7, the word says to ask, seek, and knock. Are you asking God? Are you seeking him for the answers? Are you knocking on his door? Are you calling someone and telling them what you're going through, which is doing nothing? It's not solving anything. And so many times we call people and tell people what we're going through. I look at it this way. When you do that, you're empowering the enemy. You're glorifying him. Because he's gotten in an area that he's, he's loving it because you're giving him the credit. And the Lord wants to heal you from that. He wants you to be free from it. <clears throat> I got woke up the other day. The Lord was speaking to me about the world's ways versus the kingdom ways. And each person has to come to a place of reading my word, believing my word, trusting my word, and activating their faith to rise up to take them from natural earthly realms of everything to a supernatural kingdom realm where I am. Remind them, you cannot get there without using faith. Remember, it's impossible to please God without faith. For you cannot see it in the natural realm, but in the spirit realm, you're calling it into existence. So be careful what you say. Remember, blessings and curses, cursing should not come out of the same mouth. Uh, we have a tendency as human beings to be very fleshly at times, and we'll say things that we have no business saying. And um, I, just, I just got nailed on that a couple of times last week, so I'm not even going to share it because I'd be too embarrassed. <laughs> but, you know, I was frustrated with somebody, and I made a comment that I shouldn't have made, and I thought, oh, geez. You know, we got to be careful what we say because you can uh, bless someone and you can curse them out of the same mouth. You know, the word says the taming of the tongue <laughs> is the hardest thing. <laughs> taming your tongue, and that's why I sold so many of those books there for a while because everybody has that problem, and it's a problem that uh, we, we can't overcome if we would just ask for God's help. In James 1, 6, it says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he would receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in his, all, all his ways. <clears throat> if you're having double-mindedness and you're doubting, the answer is in James 4, 8. It says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And he will. He doesn't want you double-minded. He doesn't want you thinking, well, they told me this and they told me this, so I need to believe them. No, you don't. You have to cast down those words and say, but God's word says, and walk out your faith with God and let him lead and guide you. In Matthew 14, 31, Jesus walks on the sea and, and Peter saw him and summoned him and said, come. And, and then uh, Peter went to get out of the boat 
And he looked at the the water and realized he was standing on top of the water. And he looked at the water and he got scared and he doubted. And all of a sudden he started to sink. And then Jesus came back and said, oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? You know, uh, God did that to me. I had to go to the doctor one time because I had a uh, <clears throat> a ministry downtown with the homeless people. And uh, we were out on the streets one Saturday. And I went to walk up to pray for this man that was on a pallet. And uh, I heard TB. And I thought, hmm, okay. So I went over and I prayed for him. And that week I started developing symptoms. And so I kept getting prayer at church and nothing was working. Kept getting prayer at church and nothing was working. And finally <clears throat> I heard the Lord say, go to the doctor. So I did. And he gave me antibiotics. And I took them. I came back a week later. He gave me another round of a stronger antibiotic. And then I came back a week later. He said, I want you in here every morning at 8 o'clock for a breathing treatment. So I did. And then I got over it. And I got well. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, why did I have to go to the doctor? He said, because you doubted. I did. I did. I doubted. God had always healed me instantaneously when I got prayer. He would heal me in my, my house. When I had 105 temperature, he healed me overnight, and I was in church the next day. He'd healed me so many times, gave me new lungs in July 97. Because I had been healed in July 97, I knew what emphysema was like. TB, I knew, was like that, or worse. But I didn't know I had it. They never told me I had it. I found that a couple years later from a nurse that started coming to the house meetings at my house. And she said, oh yeah, she said, I'm sure you had TB because she said the homeless people have it tremendously throughout Texas. So I said, well, I wonder if that's what COVID turned out to be. Maybe it's really TB, I don't know. But because of that, I doubted. And we will doubt at times, and when our doubt comes, it's, it's okay, God has another plan. Uh, I used to say, Believe and receive, doubt and lose out. And then one day I heard the Lord say back to me, I'm bigger than your doubts. I said, yes, you are. So don't be condemned if you doubt something. Just know you need to work in that area with the Lord to help you uproot that little faith that you have in that area because he wants you to be whole and well in that area. Am I winding down? Yeah, I better. I have a lot more, but I can tell it's too much. Um, I just want to add, um, I believe with all my heart that um, I'm supposed to share this. this. This was another word that I got from the Lord. And he said, um, a lot of people have negated the word of God because they have doubted and they have just haven't believed it. And some people have been so disappointed in the past that they haven't received what they were believing for and praying for that when, so that when they hear someone praying or speaking out on it, they can't believe for themselves. They can't receive it because they're so disappointed in, in the past. And that is, that is disappointing. It's separating them 
from their faith to receive the word. And it's impossible to please God without faith. And we receive by faith in our listening to the word of God or listening to a prophecy or however we receive it from the Lord. But if we are so disappointed that it hasn't happened in the past and you're doubting it's going to happen now, then your faith has not been activated. And it is through faith you will receive. That's a good word. We've all been disappointed in areas in our life where faith didn't get us through something. We're going to keep walking out our, our walk in faith. We're going to keep testifying. We're going to keep showing up to the Word of God, for it is yea and amen. We're not going to let anyone steal what God has gifted you with to go forth. We're going to keep walking um, down this road of compassion and love for our neighbors and our friends and those that are bound by sickness and disease or financial stress or whatever it is. So I just want to bless you by the power of the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to help you walk your faith out in God and, and that you will come to a place in Him where if, you're, if you don't quite have the faith in a situation to believe God for it, say, God, I'm going to use your faith because you're faithful. You're faithful, and because you are faithful, I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to believe that I'm going to walk this out with your faith. I'm calling on your faith to bring me through this. So I bless you, and I bless each and every one that has come here tonight, and I ask you to look forward to what God is going to do in your life when you make a decision to surrender to him and to go forth and walk out every day of your life looking for opportunities for God to use you. Be available to him. That's what he's looking for, availability. In Jesus' name.